connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Giles. I'm Emily. And I'm Michelle. And we're the Beyond the Trope podcast. Every week, we delve into topics like pop culture, fiction writing, and other nerdy things. We feature laid-back conversations, bad puns, and in-depth interviews with authors, comic creators, and more. Find our show at beyondthetrope.com. Hey, this is Andre Gower from The Monster Squad, and you're listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2018, and a proud member of the Denver Podcast Network. We are Denver's premier movie podcast. I am Ryan. With me is Zach and Brad. Wow. Not very many people this week. Well, and we're doing it in the morning. When's the last time we... <laughs> I was thinking that as we were coming over here, the last time we did this in the morning, I think it was for The Dark Knight Rises. Well, if you consider the morning like two hours after midnight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was like, no, we saw the movie at midnight, remember? Well, it was like at four in the morning, actually. Yeah, so yeah. it was like four in the morning. Wow. But like as far as as far as far sleeping and then waking up to do the podcast, <laughs> yeah. I think it's the earliest we've ever done. I think so, too. We, I mean, usually it's like 11 or something is usually the earliest. Yeah. yeah. But uh, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Jigsaw. I want to play a game. Wait, uh, you didn't see Boo 2? I was going to. I'm a Diaz Halloween. Um, you'll notice that James isn't here because James is a pussy. And he's afraid of horror movies for some reason. <laughs> well, he also thinks that Saw is an inferior copy of Seven, which I guess I see his point. I, know, I thought we gave every movie a chance. Yeah, except for James. <laughs> yeah, except for last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, I mean, th- so here's the thing. Is... I'm always tempted because when we uh, we're part of the media, I don't know if people know this. Uh, we get emails from Alamo saying if we want to attend a show to let them know. I'm like, man, I should do those for movies we really don't want to see. Yeah. Um, but do they even are they even showing Boo Two at Alamo? Mm, I, don't I don't think so. they're not showing Jigsaw. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of surprised Jigsaw wasn't showing there. Boo Two, I kind of understand. Really, I'm not that surprised at all. I mean, it's. <laughs> When I look at the schedule, I'm not really looking for it. So, like, <laughs> yeah, that's true too. I guess. Yeah, but yeah, but they've got other stuff coming. Or they they were supposed to have the Florida project, and uh, I don't know what happened there. But and they got dismember the Alamo this weekend and stuff. So. Oh yeah, I, I think that's today. It starts at noon. Yeah, nice. So. They got a lot of tennis. I know. Stuff I going wish on. I could do it, but I have my kid. If my if my wife wasn't working, I'd go do it. My cousin Lisa, she didn't go this year, I don't think, but she would come down from South Dakota just to see it because it's you know for like hidden movies and I guess you're able to decipher what the movies are through the email they sent. Uh, I couldn't do it. Uh, and two, uh, I I love the Alamo, but sometimes they're dismember, uh, dismember to remember is like 
really artsy horror films. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'd rather have them do like Halloween than like Friday Four, <laughs> um, Hellraiser, and then like something else. I think that'd be awesome. I want to get the vibe of the season, and sometimes just experimental horror shorts are not like yeah. And I, I mean, it's no knock on them, and it's no knock on like the people that make those films. But when I hear "dismember to remember," I want to see like slasher films. Yeah. You know what? Maybe if I was in charge, it's in the name, but I'm not. I mean, you know, the local Alamo Yet. elections are coming up. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we'll use our voice, make some changes, make Alamo great again. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so we do have fan mail. Does somebody have ability to pull up our email? We have a fan mail. We do. Mm. Because uh, my kid has my phone and he's watching Puppy Dog Pals. For some reason, I can't get onto Zach's internet here. Um, I think Zach's going to have to do it. Please hold for technical difficulties. <laughs> While we're holding, let's go around town with Brad. Well, this weekend, if you're not busy seeing Thor, um, the uh, Esquire is playing Princess Mononoke at midnight. And then the drive-in... <laughs> Sadly, has retired Blade Runner 2049. I didn't get to see it no. at the drive-in. Funny story, I tried to see it on Tuesday. Or was it Monday? Let's say Tuesday. I drove all the way out there. I even checked it like ahead of time to see if they post, like, hey, are we closed today? And I didn't check like the actual hours. Oh, I just checked shit. like for notices of are they closed. So I got there, and it was like, you know, completely empty. <laughs> and then... I don't know if you've been there, but you have to like drive through this like narrow corridor that yeah. loops around to the box office. So I had already gotten in there, and like I didn't want to back out, so I had to do this like move the sign, drive forward, put the sign back, go around, <laughs> move the next sign, drive back, move the cones, get out. <laughs> it was funny. If it was like a Mr. Bean sketch, <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. you're not getting in. But uh, they're playing Flatliners, um, Happy Death Day, and It this week. So. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. So that's a Halloween kind of... Yeah, they always put together like a ha- See, Halloween that lineup. That sounds like a dismember to remember to me. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll probably check that out. All right. But yeah, I I'm... think they're only open Wednesday through Sunday, so good luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is the off season. I would yeah. have liked to see Jigsaw on there, but, you know. I felt like it wasn't until November that they... Ch- like like reduce the hours because i remember being able to get out to the mm. halloween show and yeah uh so we we got an email Fan mail! uh that's gonna be from dan and it's a film explosion 2007 stats <laughs> okay oh. and he so uh when it pops up on zach's computer there we go. so what he did is he went through and he assigned point totals to each film so the number 10 film gets one point um and so on and so forth. Uh, so according to him and the stats, uh, Zach, go ahead and read them for the listeners. Okay, so uh, I'll read the full email really quickly here. Hi, Real Nerds. Um, some stats on your Film Explosion 2007 list. 33 different films represented. 24 different films were only one on one person's list. One film was on everyone's list, which was Hot Fuzz. Um, I gave each film a score based on where it ranked on a list. Number one film got 10 points. Number two film gets nine points and so on down to number 10 film getting one point and then added everything up. The list (laughs) below is what came of it. Um, So, sorry, being crazy, but um, at the top of the list with 39 points is Hot Fuzz. Um, uh, With 28 points tied is Zodiac and No Country for Old Men. Um, uh, super bad, uh, with 24 points, 
Grindhouse both with 15 points, and that's distinctive because sometimes they split it up between Planet Terror and Death Proof. Uh, 12 points with Juno. Um, 12 points with Ratatouille. There's a lot of eights here for Gone Baby Gone, Live Free or Die Hard, Sunshine, There Will Be Blood, Trick or Treat. Um, and one, the only seven is Transformers. <laughs> and Henry's List. That was the biggest shock of that film explosion that Transformers was on Henry's List. You know, I kind of figured based on how he talked about it with the uh, Last Night podcast that he was going to put it on there at some point, but I just didn't know where. That high was kind of confusing mm. to me. Um, uh, six points. We have Spider-Man 3, Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert So they're Ford. equal in quality. And um, Darjeeling <laughs> Limited. Um, five, we had Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, colon, movie film for theaters, La Vienne Rose, and Rain Over Me. Uh, 28 weeks later, 310 to Yuma, and Death Proof and Planet Terror, and The King of Kong all got fours. Uh, number three was 300, Atonement, and Mr. Bean's Holiday. Um, Blades of Glory and Hairspray were two-pointers, and the one-pointers were I'm Not There, Resident Evil Extinction, The Simpsons Movie, and TMNT. Um... Grindhouse was also one way or another represented by all five of you. Thanks, Dan Weingart. Thanks for putting in the effort, <laughs> yeah. man. That's awesome. So, I, like, I, if, I, if everyone had just done like Grindhouse as a both movie, like mm-hmm. it was released as that year, um, then yeah, I guess it would have competed with uh, Hot Fuzz for yeah. It, I I just I I like that he assigned specific points to prove. Like, well, that's kind of how they do it in the Academy Award for like Best Picture. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's exactly what they do. This is why the voting confuses me. And if you couldn't follow any of that, you can just go to the Film Explosion 2007 page on the website, and I pasted those stats on there, so you can read them and yeah, and, and see. Because uh, again, it's I mean, that's it's a little movie inside baseball there. That's how the uh, the uh, Academy Awards does it. Mm-hmm. Is you assign points for a certain movie, and then they calculate those points and they base those on the nominations and who's ever going to win. And and then they ignore it completely and give the award to Chicago. <laughs> I want to send him our other lists and see what uh, stats he pulls out of those. Yeah, it'd be fun. Because, I mean, we're only, fuck, two months away from the end of the year film explosion. Which oh, boy. <laughs> my list this year for favorite films is pretty big right now. I, um, I, we, you, were ta- you and I were talking, like, the other week, like... There's still a bunch of stuff coming out by the end of the year that's like, uh, there's yep. th- things are going to get knocked out. <laughs> there's three big movies yeah. still to come. Yeah. I know. I have uh, Ragnarok next week. Two weeks is Justice League. And, and then Wars. Star Wars. Um, there's also some like smaller fare, like uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, which looks definitely awesome. Definitely has contention. That uh, that trailer makes me laugh, the uh, red band one. Yeah. <laughs> Where she's yelling at the newscaster as <laughs> she's driving by. I saw the green band one. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, like, why would you even show that trailer? <laughs> I, I think the best bit, though, actually, from the trailer is where she, uh, Frances McDermott, comes in. She's like, "Hey, fuckface!" Yeah, <laughs> someone says "fuckface," you don't answer. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Um, uh, I, it's it's like one of the least uh, dirty bits. But I love when after she's attacked the dentist and Woody Harrelson comes like, "You didn't happen to visit the dentist's office today?" No, sir. What? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. By the guy who did Imbrusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the other one he did? Can't, can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. And I mean, Suburbicon came out this week, and I'm going to go check it out, but I, 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 the confidence in me keeps getting shot. <laughs> I know. It's one of those movies that might be too weird for people to like. I, I guess I heard so. <laughs> it's completely not what the trailer sells it as. And, really? Well, I've yeah. heard it's like two different movies cobbled together into one thing, and yeah. I don't know. But we'll we'll but, see. I'll, I'll see it next week. Well, that so. and the... I mean, the... For it to get to theaters and have made was quite the journey too. So, yeah. 
So, but anyway, you know, there's plenty of stuff coming up. I can't wait to see Hugh Jackman play uh, PT. Oh, yeah. yeah, that'll yeah, be that fun one too. Greatest Showman. Yeah. yeah, and then Downsizing looks fun. Yeah, so, um, so there's plenty. There's plenty. You never know. We um, also scour the internet, or Zach goes to one of my least favorite websites for real news. <laughs> it's real news. Um, In so, fairness to them, they've gotten better. Yeah. So, um, uh, interesting news right out the gate. Fast and Furious 9 director Justin Lin and Jordana Brewster to return. Um, Justin Lin returning? Uh, okay, that makes sense. He's Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Uh, Jordana Brewster, though. Um, isn't she married to a very like important member of the crew <laughs> that's no longer there? <laughs> uh, he's, he's ma- she's married to family. <laughs> family. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but no, her character's married or like is with, uh, Paul Walker's character and Paul Walker, I don't know if you know this, is dead. So, um, but Dude, he died like five years ago. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. No. I, in a, in a like offside news though, I guess her, her, his uh, daughter settled with Porsche, um, regarding the wrongful death suit. So, um, that's interesting and whatnot, but yeah, in order to announce the return of Justin Lin, who I guess is not going to do Space Jam 2 at this point, mm. um, everyone's favorite um, Hulkin, Hulkin guy, Vin Diesel, came into the Facebook video where he um, announced that Lin and Brewster are returning. I believe the direct quote was, Jordan is coming back. I can't do it. I, I'm sorry. Uh, we, we, we do it, family. <laughs> That's more <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like that, Fast and Furious isn't coming out for like three years or something. Was it twenty twenty? I yeah. They're and then they uh, Neil Moritz, Moritz uh, confirmed that the tenth one will be the final film. So <laughs> whatever. I mean, like, but can you believe there's going to be ten of them? I honestly cannot believe that. <laughs> I could. Well, horror films makes a little more sense to me, but like ten movies about dudes running cart. Well, they've really gone off the rails, but. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty shocking to me that there's that many of them. Um, it, I mean, well, technically eleven because they're making a Statham Rock movie spinoff, which they're trying to get Shane Black. To I'm do. sure 2028 will roll around and everyone will be like, "Oh, we're so nostalgic for those Fast and Furious movies. Let's get the, the whole crew back together and make one more go at it. Mm-hmm. This time they're old. It's it's going in going in style, style. but with the rock and diesel, <laughs> going Fast and Furious in style." Um, I do love this headline, so I'm going to repeat it um, via slash film. Lethal Weapon Five might happen because because nothing really matters anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess Gibson, Glover, and Donner are working to man. Make Donner hasn't made a Weapon. movie in a while. I know, and um, and they I, I guess they're going to have Channing Gibson um uh write it, and he was the writer of Lethal Weapon Four, which I don't. It's a fun movie. Uh, yeah, it's a fun film. Um. I think three is the the weakest of them, but that's just my opinion. Um, uh, the uh, but yeah, there's th- that's pretty much all it is. Is deadlines reporting that they are currently talking with it with Warner Brothers about the possibility of it. Well, my favorite thing about Lethal Weapons are the sh- scene changes and like the saxophones, like <laughs> Michael Kamen and Eric Clapton's jazzy ass score. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the shit out of it, man. Are you kidding me? It's a great it's a great series. Um, and Gibson's I mean, got to come. I'm down for another one. I'd, I'd see it. Gibson's getting an acting comeback now too with um, Daddy's Home too. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, get get the Gringo and um, 
you the know, other one, Bloodfather or whatever. Sometimes I hate to get on my like uh, high horse, but where? Oh, do, fuck, here where, we go. <laughs> where do people draw the line? I mean, they let Roman Polanski and Woody Allen make movies. No, and Mel Gibson. I mean, yeah, he said some bad things, but is that worse than like raping a thirteen-year-old girl? I don't think so. No, <laughs> and, I don't know. It's it's weird how uh, you can get in trouble for certain things and not other ones. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I mean, it's not just movies. I mean, the NFL, Michael Vick, yeah, killed a bunch of dogs. But I guess if you're Ben Roethlisberger and sexually assault some girl in the bathroom, people just forget about it. Mm-hmm. Or if you're Ray Lewis and in, implicated in murder. Meh. It's, it's, yep. mo- it's money makes the world go around, guys. Yeah, um, Mel Gibson used to be money in the bank. I know. He, he did. And then... Um, I'm trying to think like what his big movie was when his like decline happened. Probably Apocalypto. <laughs> well, because yeah. remember he went. Yeah, he did the Passion. 2007 and uh, Apocalypto, and that, then he kind of stopped doing stuff. Passion was kind of like the beginning of his downfall, well, and then Apocalypto kills. That was like that's true years ago. And Expendables three. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, but more like his cameos. Though he's not. Well, he was also in what is The like? Beaver. <laughs> that's true. I love that trailer because it's just Mel Gibson talking to a puppet. <laughs> Um, Anyways, in some lighter news, um, did you guys know that James Franco directed the Disaster Artist in character as Tommy Wiseau? <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I heard right. it was like driving Seth Rogen crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love the. I can't wait for this fucking movie. That's another one that yeah it looks that pretty good. Definitely yeah. has contention for the list. Um, uh, looks like DC doesn't know how to keep its mouth shut when it's got a movie coming out, and um, but this time it's Gal Gadot revealing that uh, Batman v Superman. Uh, got retconned uh, in the wake of uh, Wonder Woman coming out because they wanted to give more light, airy hope to the series. Because um, basically, in, so in Batman, I don't understand retconned how. So well, this is what they're saying in the. I've read the. I know it's not up here, but I've read the article. They said like so in Batman v Superman, she's given up on humanity. She's given up helping man, and in Wonder Woman, it sounds like she's making it sound like it's implied that she hasn't given up on man, which I re- I've seen Wonder Woman twice. I remember it kind of feeling like a follow-up directly to Batman v Superman because she gets that um, lenticular or the um, the glass plate of the photograph from Bruce, and it's after Superman's died. So like maybe that fight was what reinvigorated her faith, and then she had to have a Dewey Cox moment where she goes back on her entire life and figures out why she should keep I fighting for me. I think it's been man. retconned. Like, I, I mean, she's trying to explain it, but I mean, I, I'll take her on her word, but it doesn't... My impression was that she's just... She's she's looking for help is what it seems like to me. Or just not exposing herself so that, like, humanity doesn't depend on, like, heroes. Yeah. Because uh, that's, like, whole, Superman's whole thing was, like, if you have this... And, and Superman's dad, remember? Huh? Even Superman's dad told him that. Yeah, like if if humanity be, humanity becomes too dependent on like these gods to like help them, then they'll just like take advantage of it, and like this like society won't grow. They'll just be exactly weak and. Yeah, anyway, there is a video of Gal Gadot explaining that uh, like things got changed in the wake of Batman v Superman. I'm interested. Too. I uh, there's a video. I got the 4K version of it because I let one of my coworkers borrow my Batman Superman, mm-hmm. and I haven't gotten it back in like five months. So I'm like, whatever. The 4K. Best Buy is doing new steelbooks with Jim Lee art for mm-hmm. like Batman, Superman, and Suicide Squad and all that. So nice. we need a new one. Well, I already bought it, so I got maybe mine. I'll get Suicide Squad in 4K. <laughs> I got mine for six bucks at my store. So <laughs> I got it was a couple weeks ago. It was like sixteen ninety nine. That's I, I think that's actually pretty awesome for a 4K. Mm. 
because um, they look amazing. <laughs> um, uh, just want to bring this up. So Screen Junkies had its own little scandal three weeks ago um, with uh, Andy Signori um, being accused of being a creepo along with everyone else in Hollywood, I guess. And uh, Screen Junkies and Defy Media uh, posted um, press statements and did a little 11-minute video kind of like pledging to go forward and so what is along. Screen Junkies? It's it's a it's a new site like similar to Slash Film, but the Screen Junkies does uh, honest trailers. Um, oh, so I'll never go to that website. Other stuff. Well, Slash Film used to promote the hell out of honest trailers too. So, um, you know, I don't know, but it was an interesting video. Like they they addressed it in a very appropriate fashion. I think they were very responsible with, you know, throw, casting casting out the. The, the bad blood and kind of moving forward into something different. I personally like honest trailers, but I'm also like not, I don't frequent screen junkies site. Um, but you know, what my favorite honest trailer is, is when the director of Kong school Island called out honest trailers is maybe the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's pretty That's awesome. Fun. Um, interesting, uh, little news in the world of reboots, uh, Morgan Creek productions, which, uh, made a lot of films in the late eighties, early nineties and early two thousands, um, has rebranded itself and is looking now to, uh, reboot a lot of its properties among them being Ace Ventura, Young Guns, Major League, and many, many more, um, Dead Ringers, Diabolic, <laughs> Nightbreed. <laughs> I mean, I think actually Ace Ventura makes sense. I, I'm I'm curious how they would reboot that. Um, well, haven't they... you seen like Son of Ace Ventura? They've done it before. <laughs> no, I, I haven't, but I know it exists. I don't watch the unofficial the spinoffs. <laughs> and the cartoon show. I don't the think carto- that character works without Jim Carrey. Yeah, right? probably not. That's the tough part. Um, Young Guns might be able to work as a reboot. I think they're trying to do Young Guns as a TV show uh, and a movie, yeah. Um, Major League... Um, Sure. Why not? Yeah, you know. Can't really be... Well, I guess... I mean, Cleveland Indians haven't won a World Series, but they're a lot better now. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Taika Watiti, uh, director of Thor Ragnarok, says that a What We Do in the Shadows TV show is in development um, in America. Man, I really want to see We're Werewolves. <laughs> werewolves, I mean. Swearwolves. Swearwolves. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a pretty brief cl- quote, but he's just like, we're trying to develop a U.S. version of What We Do in the Shadows... You know, set here in the states, but a TV show. So, what we do cool. in the shadows is one of those movies that's so clever you have to watch it a bunch of times to catch all of the really subtle jokes. Yeah, I mean, I lo- oh, I love it. I, I want. I'm with you. I want the werewolf one. Um, and then the last thing. Uh, this is pretty interesting. Regal is bringing dynamic pricing to theaters, and um, so basically, dynamic pricing, um, in a nutshell, is uh, similar to what matinee pricing does, where the lowest attended part of the day is cheaper, but what they're trying to do is bring it into the weeknights and any time that's like slow performing during the week where the prices will be lower, but like Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday might be higher price. So going to a movie during the week will end up being cheaper in the long run. Um, there's it's, this isn't the first time this has been done, but like, I guess Regal's trying to do it in a, Bigger way, I think they're trying to do anything to avoid what AMC is dealing with regarding Movie Pass. So they're trying to like well that too. And I think I mean uh, reading an article on the Hollywood Reporter about it is they're also thinking about oh Star Wars the Last Jedi. You want to see that? Yeah, that one's twenty two dollars. Mm. You want to go see the big six? That one's six. <laughs> I was gonna say that's gonna really uh, mess with like uh, records. So you know when Star Wars does nine hundred million. 
but like if they if they initiated it for Last Jedi, like yeah, less people are going to go. So now it's like it didn't have the same opportunity yeah. to make that much money. So it's interesting that you bring that up because um, it's not really news, but William Friedkin was doing an interview regarding um, just the state of horror films today, and he he proclaimed that he loved the movie It, but he put the caveat that like even though it beat the exorcist is the highest grossing horror film. It will not break the record of attend in terms of attendance because the ticket prices were different back then compared to now. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually drastically different. So like he was, you know, he was bragging about his own stuff, which rightfully so, you know, he made the exorcist for fuck's sake, um, where he was like, you know, it was very good and I enjoyed it and it was very popular, but it won't have the same amount of attendance that the exorcist did in its initial run. So, he also said that he didn't like, didn't see Exorcist two or three. So yeah, but th- they could just adjust for inflation on that one. Like, yeah, they, having different prices for different movies significantly like alters people's perception of like exactly because how they decide where they spend their I mean, money. Like, I mean, if they charge twenty bucks for Star Wars, and I mean the same amount of people are going to go see it. I mean, I don't think they'll deter Star Wars and stuff like that. Do you? Yeah, Star Wars is kind of like price proof. Yeah, like, it, the demand is so high. But I think movies like Transformers, it would hurt them. Because I think people see those movies because they're fun, but I think if you inflate the prices so much for them, they're not going to go see them. Yeah, it's like it's cheap fun. It's supposed to be cheap fun. Is where you were like, oh yeah, seven bucks. I'll go give Transformers a try. Now, exactly. Now if it's forty, it's like yeah, I'm going to wait for that on DVD for sure. Exactly. You know, and I sometimes even when movies that my wife wants to see in theater, uh, she doesn't like going to the theater as much as I do. But I mean, then I got a. She wanted to see the Big Sick. And we never were able to balance it out. So, I mean, I bought the Blu-ray, which was fourteen ninety nine, which is a price for, like, one ticket. Mm-hmm. And now I own it. So, I mean, it's it's risky. I mean, I understand why they're doing it, but... Yeah, and it see. would help smaller films. Like, Yeah, exactly. If it's $3, people give Big Sick a try. That's mm-hmm. what, yeah. I so. mean, that's... We'll see. Mm-hmm. You never know. But, yeah, that's real news. And this is what's coming out on Blu-ray. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Insert disc into tray. Close tray. <laughs> Just a note, you don't have to say the bumper because we have it recorded. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah, I know you're new at this part of it, but I give the segue and the bumper just comes in. Okay. Okay. Cool. For sure. <laughs> um, the, I know you're new at hosting. Just imagine, but, um, just, just imagine everyone in their right underwear. Now. Just yes. imagine everyone in their underwear. Oh, God, they're hot. <laughs> Ew, gross. Imagine Kellen in his underwear, no. you sick <laughs> fucker. Oh, I guess we do have a Harvey Weinstein here. Whoa. <laughs> At least you pulled uh, up the right website. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't win, can I? Um, Never. So, anyway, um, in Blu-rays, if you guys wanted to see The Dark Tower, which mm. is something no one's ever said, you can pick it up on Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD. Um, it was god awful. Um, also Halle Berry's Kidnap, um, which did that movie come out like two years ago? No, no. it came out like I think in February. It came around. No, it came out the same time as. Dark oh, August. Tower. Yeah. So was it August? Yeah. Am I getting confused? Give me back, my son! <laughs> <laughs> Am I confusing that movie? That's with a the great call? imitation of Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got some Shout Factory stuff though coming out. Um, yeah. uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. I have that pre-ordered. And George A. Romero's Land of the Dead. One of the most underrated horror zombie mill films of all time. I do like it. It's a fun film. I, you gave me your um, original copy. Yeah. So, um, Vesteron's got. <laughs> what am I? Because you talk mostly towards Ryan like the whole time, so like half of what you're saying okay. is all right. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Vestron's got something out called Slaughter High, mm-hmm. which has a 
uh, skeleton, but he's got a graduation cap it's on. So average slasher film that I'll be getting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve McQueen and Junior Bonner, um, which sounds like it's uh, uh, an archive. Junior Boner, you mean? <laughs> no, Bonner. <laughs> See, Bonner. I know, but I want it to be Boner. Boner's like the funniest word in the English language. It's it. There's a porn version, I'm sure, with Steve McQueen as well, called Junior Boner. <laughs> Um, there's a re-release of the Bella Lugosi film Return of the Ape Man. <laughs> I, I didn't think that warranted a Blu-ray, but okay, cool. Right the on. monkeys. <gasps> what noises they make. <laughs> I would give anything if that's something that was actually said in that <laughs> movie. Totally not, but it would be awesome. Oh, God. Um, there's a re-release of The Miracle Worker. I think it's from Olive Films. Yeah. Um, uh, Topper with Constance Bennett and Cary Grant. This is one of Cary Grant's earliest roles is getting a release. He's like... When you watch him, you're like, I know why he's a movie star. Oh, yeah. He's uh, he's he, dreamy. He apparently didn't think too highly of himself. Really? Um, yeah, there's a documentary that Showtime or Stars did um, called Becoming Ga- Becoming Grant. And uh, it talks about like how he was like consistently underwhelming himself, like his own achievements huh. and whatnot. So, well, maybe that's why he was so good. Yeah. No, he didn't because he didn't like think he was the shit, you know, like like Clark Gable, who was like, I'm always the shit. Um. But anyway, yeah, that's Blu-rays. Wow, not a lot. Yeah, not a whole lot. Uh, well, you, there's uh, some Studio Ghibli's that are being. Uh, oh, that's true. I'm sorry. Being re-released by Shout, so they're being released by Shout. There's nothing new on them, and they've taken like two or three features away from them. But they're offering them for cheaper than the Disney ones, so they're like fourteen ninety nine opposed to twenty bucks. Why is Disney letting them do that? I'm not sure. Maybe because they do. I mean, because Shout does a pretty good job in re-releasing stuff, and I guess it's just like a value version of it. If mm. you don't want the Disney one, you still get a cut of it. So, yeah, it's. I, I, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's weird too. But I, I mean, it might be confusing for consumers who are like, "Oh, I'm going to go buy like Princess Mononoke." They take it home and like, "Oh, where's that special feature?" I yeah, it, it is. Oh, it's not the Disney version. Well, shit. It is bizarre, um, yeah. but I mean, that's what I mean. That's really what Shout and Scream do is they just. Uh, they just go out and buy stuff from. There are two more that I want to bring up. First off is Don Bluth's Rockadoodle, <laughs> um, which uh, I I remember loving as a kid. So is I'm... Rover Dangerfield on there too? <laughs> See, if Rover Dangerfield came out blue, I would totally get it because uh, anything with Roddy Dangerfield is money. Uh, and then this one I just thought I'd bring up: Young Doctors in Love from 1982, um, and um, it's a, it's an airplane style film on soap operas. Uh, but I love the poster because it's two uh, doctors in um, uh, uh, sanitation masks making out in what looks like a desert. Nice. So. See what you're doing right there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. Stop uh, it. For Shout Select, yeah, no, I, know. I really want them to do uh, soap for the, the Robert Downey Jr. movie, Soap Dish, mm-hmm. like because it's really funny and there's no Blu-ray for it. I think it'd be perfect for their Select line and Last Action Hero. That's That's my dream. Oh, did you hear why Shout, Arnold, listen to me. Did you read the article on why Arnold Schwarzenegger thinks Last Action Hero failed? Mm-hmm. He said it was Bill Clinton's fault. <laughs> yeah. So there's one more thing we can blame Clinton's for. Wait, I guess. What? I don't know. <laughs> he said like well, he didn't he didn't single him out. He said like the, the, the tide had changed. We didn't really want the heroes of the eighties anymore and like Bill Clinton was an example of that where like you know, the like, demand was different. I've said this before on this. I think it was a little too smart for its time. Yeah. Where mm. it just made fun of itself when it was too close to him being. I mean, when it was uh, Total Recall, 1990. 
Yeah. So like three years after it, he's already making fun of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And it's almost too clever for its own good back then. Mm -hmm. And, and I too, I think it's a little long. I think it needs to be edited in some spots uh, because the ending kind of drags, but I, 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 it's still one of my favorite Schwarzenegger films. And um, Mm -hmm. I mean, anytime there's a guy named Leo (laughs) Defarts, Help me! Get me out of here! I think is wonderful. Um, so you hear that shot factory? You need to get yeah, on. Yeah, listen to me. I, I've bought I almost 150 it. of your scream titles. I think I'm <laughs> entitled for an opinion here. You owe Ryan one. <laughs> yes, you remind. And, me. I mean, I'd prefer Soap Dish because it's not on Blu-ray, but um, Last Action Hero would be great with special features. Because the thing I like about Shout is they do the special features where people badmouth on, on them. One of my favorites is Bordello of Blood, and Corey Feldman just lays into everybody he's about uh dennis miller and a couple of the other people and saying like angie everhart was really nice and um but he just lays into him like yes those are the special features i love not it was really cool working with him you know like what i did for you know um the special features for real nerds pod show <laughs> man brad's such a great director <laughs> totally easy to work with totally easy to work with kidding and i took all of his suggestions seriously (laughs) yes (laughs) i liked your entitlement there you reminded me of the old lady in the futurama episode where they're at the stock market where he's like i got one share of planet kajigger (laughs) (laughs) i deserve a voice that's right (laughs) so anyway that's blu-rays we also watch movies throughout the week in a segment we call how long has he been on this fucking show i thought you were gonna say it sorry no what we've been watching to come in yeah Yeah. what we've been watching so, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Oh, man. Well, so much because uh, I watched a lot last week when we did the Film Explosion 2007. Right? So we're going to play catch up. And because it is the season, I'm going to start with I Saw the First Halloween. Oh, wow. That's right. You've never seen it before, right? I've never seen it. Yeah. And... It must be my turn. It is. Because <laughs> Kellen's he has, he has a, a weird reaction to your voice. I guess. So it causes him to scream. Deep and scary. <laughs> um, yeah, so the first Halloween, I would rather watch Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> it was so boring. Um, ah! it, it, <laughs> I fell asleep in the middle a little bit. So I watched like Jamie Lee Curtis and her friend like driving around and then Dr. Loomis like walking around Main Street just like running into the same cop and saying, like, I haven't found Michael Myers here. I'll keep looking. <laughs> and then that's pretty much the movie back and forth uh, until Jamie Lee Curtis. He did a pretty good job of it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like, and takes care of the kids. And then, yeah, Michael Myers is kind of like jump scares throughout the house. Every kid in Haddonfield thinks this place is haunted. They may be right. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know how that, this movie terrified people. Um, well... <laughs> Shut up. I, you know, sometimes, I sometimes I don't know what to say. To some, I think I am in genuine shock. That's the first time I've heard someone say they'd rather watch Rob Zombie's Halloween. I like I've only seen that one once, and I remember being like way more like interesting and intense than like this one. Just it seemed like a student film that John Carpenter made, like to try out making a scary movie. <laughs> oh God! It was um, made for three hundred thousand dollars in the seventies. It like, was an indie film, and this movie has like a pedigree of like. Like it's more popular than like say J- like Jason movies or even like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like you may need to watch it without falling asleep and pay attention. <laughs> I mean, what did I miss? Like probably all the good stuff. Well, I mean, was I... there like an awesome like string of kills that I missed? Because <laughs> no, he only he doesn't kill very many people. Now. Yeah, like, like four. F- yep, four people. Four people. And they like usually just get stabbed. They're like pinned to a 
Um, a cabinet or something. Yeah. Or is their throat slit, you know? No. I don't know. No, yeah, because Annie gets her throat slit in the uh, car. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, the only, I think, the only knifeless kill is when he kills um, uh, PJ Soul's character because he strangles her with a telephone cord. I will admit, her boobs aren't that great. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> well, maybe that, but um, no. Um, she's cute. The way is that she the girl the, in, the, in the bed. Yeah, yeah the way yeah. she's strangled, like by the telephone cord, it is rather weak sauce. No, like, I, it's, it's very clear. Like that movie is more about, I think, the atmosphere and um, the shots he's able to do. I mean, the uh, the steady cam shot at the beginning is pretty awesome. Where you go through with Michael and he slides the mask over the POV oh, yeah. shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I think it's and that's why and it. I mean, it ushered in the slasher stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Movies are interpretive, <laughs> and some people are weird and <laughs> and wrong and wrong. But you know what? That's okay. That's their opinion. I mean, it's okay, Brad. You know, I. I mean, I personally don't like a movie I mean, about a bunch of turtles Zach and a rat by his fucking neck in his closet. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't like movies about four turtles and a rat that solve mysteries or whatever. You know, like that's yeah, just my stuff for everybody, <laughs> especially idiots. Oh, um. hey, love it. Hi-yo. <laughs> um, so I also saw the Lego Ninjago movie. Oh, cool. Which is fun. Yeah, it's like fun, but it's like the Batman movie's better, and so is the Lego movie, but yeah. it's fun. It's like... Yeah, but it's, it's the story is so much messier because... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the Lego Batman, like I like it because it references a ton of Batman stuff, and then the Lego movie is just like it celebrates years of like Lego inside jokes i guess yeah like if you play with the sets you like, oh there's some like a magnetron thing or yeah um you know here's this detail about this you know the pieces and stuff but lego ninjago is more like it, it really about the dad's like father-son yeah. story and then like i actually think it starts really quick and then it drags when they go on like the mission it's also got the same plot as power rangers the reboot from this year it kind of does yeah yeah so yeah but I also like took a little nap in the middle of it too. So. <laughs> How do you <laughs> sleep in movies? Like, so is this at the th- drive-in? No, that this was just at the at the South Glen Regal, the recliner seats. <laughs> so you just fall asleep. What if someone comes by and sticks their dick in their mouth, your mouth or something? <laughs> then I have a big problem. <laughs> you have a huge one. I think what's worse is you're advertising it over this podcast. <laughs> yep, Stay he's here. trying out the stairs. So now every listener knows that Brad is vulnerable for dick in the mouth, apparently. Yeah, if you see me in a theater and I'm asleep, just go ahead and put your wiener in my mouth. <laughs> Teach me a lesson. I'm going to eat him if you don't stay down here. But I, I saw most of the movie. It's just like a little part where, like, after they're in the jungle. And... See, that part was the boring part for me. Yeah. I think the opening's really fun. And I... I uh, it's pretty funny when he's acting with Le- with Leloid and stuff. But. Yeah, yeah, I, m- I miss the part where like he activates the cat and the cat starts terrorizing things. Mm. Um. Uh, and I also saw the uh, the Foreigner with Jackie Chan. Oh, and cool! And Pierce Brosnan, and that movie's okay. Is it's it's a really complicated like political thriller about mm. like the IRA and everything. But Jackie Chan acts his ass off. Um, and there's only like two good like action sequences for him. Um, Isn't he like almost sixty something? Maybe that's all he can. Well, yeah, understandably, yeah. Like, he can't like jump through, like slide down a pole at the mall, like <laughs> three stories, like he did in, in Police Story, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, it it just feels like 
there's two movies going on. There's like mm. one where he's getting revenge for the death of his daughter mm. and trying to expose Pierce Brosnan's like cover up or whatever. Uh, but then it's like Pierce Brosnan gets way more time in the movie mm. to like track down who's setting up up to be exposed. Mm. Um, so, and then there's like a part in the middle where Jackie. It's kind of like right out of First Blood where his forces are going through the forest and Jackie Chan's <laughs> just like popping up out of the leaves and like stabbing him in the leg. They drew first blood. Yeah. Um, does, the, does, the, does the twist end up that Chris Tucker's exposing it all? Yes. Yes, awesome. Like, right, yeah, you get man, that? I'm behind everything. <laughs> 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 um, and then uh, on Blu-ray, they released Batman vs. Two-Face, mm. which oh. uh, was actually a pretty cool... Uh, story. Um, it seems like I. It seems like it fits. It seems it's a little more campy. It's it's actually more serious than really? the, the Return of the Cape Crusaders, which like kind of <laughs> just kind of lampooned uh, the '60s TV show. This one still does that, but also like like does it with an real, like, interesting Two Face story because mm. uh, it starts out with uh, Hugo Strange, and they also work like Harley Quinn into it. Um, well, she's Harleen Quinzel, so she's not, you know, transformed yet. Um, but Hugo Strange is sucking all the evil in using machine to suck all the evil out of like the, the rogues gallery. So the Joker's there, the Penguin's there, the Riddler, like all the big baddies. Um, and then the machine breaks and then that's how Two-Face gets created because Harvey Dent's there like overseeing the process. Um, and then it like jumps forward in time to where they've like repaired his face so he's back to being like a DA um Hmm. but later on you find out that the essence like the the gas cloud or whatever created other two faces so (laughs) there's like like the actual angry part of two faces split off into like a real person (laughs) and then uh yeah so like he's the one committing the crimes but you think it's you know Harvey Dent the whole time Hmm. uh and then like it reverts to like He's also doing it. It's it's pretty cool. I don't want to like spoil it because it is a cool mystery. Who plays uh, Two Face? Uh, William Shatner. Ah, cool. Yeah, that sounds like that would have happened in the sixties. Well, that's why they made it is because when they did the sixty TV show, there was going to be a Two Face episode that William Shatner was supposed to play live action, mm. um, and it got you know canceled before that happened. So mm. they decided to remake it, and thankfully they got uh, Adam West in there before he passed. Very well. So, but. Yeah, it sucks that they're, I don't know, unless they get Ralph Garman to voice Adam West, yeah. they're not going to be doing any more of these, like, 60s animated movies. That's a bummer. <laughs> um, so Patton Oswalt's Annihilation special is really funny. Mm, I, I made my too. wife cry. Yeah? Yeah. Good. <laughs> I think the fact that we're all very somber about it is is a testament to how good it is. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, I, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but my wife says it's really good. Yeah. yeah, it's straight funny for like the first half. Like he, d- he only does like ten minutes of like Trump jokes, and then it jumps into like you know dealing with uh, his grief over his the wife's death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I also saw Rawhead Rex. Yeah, <laughs> I watched that this week too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a really cheap all the rubber monster. Yeah, uh, so it's it has a really huge cult following. Uh, I do know uh, I have a friend named Tommy, and he's a huge horror movie fan, and he loves this movie. And uh, for those who don't know, it's a Clive Barker film that he just wrote. He didn't direct it, which the director I don't know straight out of like Ed Wood's school of direction. But 
Um, and it's there's like this demon that's trapped underneath this obelisk stone. I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, just imagine like what two thousand one. Yeah, that uh, that stone in like the desert. The monkeys are. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, he just comes out of it. They're digging around it for some reason. Yeah, they never really yeah. fully explain why they're digging around it. I mean, his entry is cool with like the lightning going behind him, yeah. and then you you see him like for real. Like, mm. <laughs> if you look at the makeup too long, yeah, it's it's, it's a really crazy. bad like rubber monster suit. Yeah, um, and so I got the Kino Lorber like. Uh, limited edition one and it has like really cool special features on it the guy who played rawhead rex is this german actor and he's just talking about his and he's almost like he's shocked he's talking about this film he's like really you want to talk about like rawhead rex (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny i don't know if you notice so so the rubber monster suit is really tall but you can tell his eyes look through the mat oh yeah mouth so there's parts where he's running, and he's like the head's like leaned back so you can see. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's it's like harmless. It's a really cheap monster movie. Um, it's fun. I mean, I don't think it's great, but no, it's but it it the story is really confusing. So like, yeah, half the time you're just watching gore happen. Yeah, and um, I mean, and there, I guess there's trailer parks in Ireland, but they call them caravan parks. Yeah. <laughs> um. This all sounds like so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fun movie. I mean, it's not... You can't take it seriously. I mean, the gore in it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and there is, like, the most gratuitous nudity part is when he pulls that chick out of the back and just rips her dress off for yeah. some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess because we needed some boobs. Yep. Um, I, but I probably would have liked it more had I not, like, had, like, the worst audience ever. Oh, yeah. Within, like, to see it with. five minutes. That Like, that one guy, like, made one joke and then the audience, like, validated him. So then it gave license to oh, everyone shit. to MST3K the movie, which I'm not sitting there going like, can you guys keep it down so I can like enjoy this masterpiece? <laughs> yeah. But still like uh, at one point, like this one guy got up, oh, Kellen, reeked of weed. That. Kellen, <laughs> stop it. Yeah. I just, I, it, there's nothing wrong with it. Just, I just, uh, I, we need to, we're going to be throwing it out. No, it's fine. So. Um, can he ride the horsey? No, yeah, he's fine. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, if he can, yeah, I don't care. This. So, Anyways, I don't know. Is he capable of riding a horse? <laughs> yes, he has his own. <laughs> there you go. So they they played it. I don't know if you've ever been in the upstairs of the Esquire, mm-hmm. but it's like this small, I don't know, 100 seat room. Mm-hmm. And there's an aisle down the middle. Mm-hmm. And like an idiot, I took the very back row. So like the, the aisle was like there's no one in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else fills out the sides. And then this one dude like reeks of weed, um, gets up in the middle of the movie and then decides to instead of just going down the stairs and to the right, he goes up to me to go down the aisle that I'm in to the right and falls on me. Ugh. Um, he's like, "Oh, sorry, dude. Like, what the fuck are you even like?" Was there a lot of people there? Uh, maybe thirty people. Wow, that's, that's not too bad. It's yeah. pretty shocking for that movie. I eventually just moved all the way across the room and watched it from the corner and took a nap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Yeah, it's the whole part of, like, for the rest of the movie, just, like, everyone saying, like, one-liners and stuff and, like, thinking that they're hilarious and they're not. So, that was, like, I hate this movie. <laughs> I like watching I like watching the room in that up uh, upstairs area. I don't know why. It just feels a lot more intimate. Like, you yeah. get to hang out with all the people and whatnot. And they have the standees of Tommy and Lisa there, so. Yeah. And then there's that barricade, so, like, all this stuff goes over. Yeah. Um, that's where James and I first saw it. Yeah. Yeah. 
but like the room lends like the room deserves to have people talking during the middle. Yeah, yeah. So Rawhead Rex <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Oh, Star Trek Discovery had a shocking milestone in Star Trek history. Um, they dropped two f bombs in an episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which I'm like. At the beginning of the episode, they have the little TV rating, which I'm like, this is online only from this mm-hmm. point on. Why do you have a TV MA up here? I'm guessing for violence, but at the same time, like, why do you need the ratings guide? Because you're not showing it yeah. in broadcast ever. Yeah. Uh, or, unless they plan on doing that in the future and totally <laughs> making people who paid this $6 feel like they're a bunch of suckers. <laughs> um, well, they just renewed it for season two, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it worked out. But uh, yeah, just all of a sudden, the <laughs> yeah, that's why it was MA because they said fuck twice. You can find me on the fucking flight deck. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the like the one like socially awkward girl, like they discover something and she's like, "That's fucking awesome." <laughs> nice. And then the other like ensign turns to her like, "Yeah, that is fucking awesome." Almost like they're acknowledging like, "Yeah, we yeah, said fuck yeah. in a Star Trek series." <laughs> that's like a wink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did it. So cool. Yeah. So I guess look forward to nudity. Oh, in future episodes, I'm guessing so they're gonna like be a, what? Stop it, JJ, JJ, your breath is horrendous. What is going on? Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's happening to the show. <laughs> Dogs, um, kids. <laughs> and the last thing I watched is I'm like eight episodes. <laughs> God damn it! Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Eight episodes, I know. <laughs> I'm eight episodes into Str- Stranger Things season two, and it's Kelly. Do not do that again. Sorry. Mm. Go ahead. Uh, House Stranger. I can't wait till you guys talk for like 30 minutes and have like, you're able to get straight through it with no interruptions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Stranger Things, I like it more than season one. Mm. Like, it's pretty awesome. He's playing with the little rocks. Um, Yeah, there's so much 80s goodness, like nostalgia to it. Like, nice. This plus Glow plus Halt and Catch Fire is like a, a warm 80s blanket. <laughs> <laughs> and they like up their music budget. So there's just tons of 80s songs nice. throughout the series. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Um, but I'm sure we'll talk about it more once yeah. James get back gets back. Yeah, I'll, uh, I have it downloaded. So I th- I'll start watching it soon. Yeah, I'm just for some reason I'm just more engaged in this story than like last seasons. Yeah, you know I I've said this before, and I mean I actually got the Target set because I thought the packaging was really cool. Uh, the first season of Stranger Things is fun, but I didn't get into the hype of everybody else. Like, I mean it's a fun show, and I love the '80s nostalgia and yeah, you know like when it, Eleven flips the van and stuff. I'm like oh yeah, but yeah, right at the gate like they started. Start at uh, the show like at an arcade, '80s arcade. Nice. And the the uh, the boys show up, and they're like ready to like get the next high score in a game. And then the manager comes by and says like, "Oh, you're not the high score of this one anymore." And they like lost to Mad Max. <laughs> and the, like Mad Max turns out to be like this girl who's like really good at video games. Nice. So it's like really fun. And then the next episode, they they show up at school with their Ghostbusters costumes, and they look around and, like no one else is dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> so it's yeah. awesome. It's it's great. Nice. And uh, that's it for me. Zach? 
Uh, not a lot this week. Um, I went through uh, the Saw sequels to get ready for this week. Um, I still love 2. I think 2 is my favorite of the sequels. Um, Do you know it originally wasn't a Saw movie? Yeah, it was uh, Darren Lynn Bousman wrote something completely different. Yeah. And, they said, and they're like, oh, Saw's hit hit. We'll uh, <laughs> retro. We need a sequel by next year. Yeah, fuck. Let's rush this out. Let's rejig this around. Yeah. Um, I love It's a technical term in Hollywood, the rejiggering. Yes. Um, but uh, So I love 2 a lot. Um Three, I had, I, I wasn't always the biggest fan of it. This time, I was very, I was very clear on my feelings on it. It's, it's, I always thought it's, it was ballsy that they killed him. It is ballsy, like that's that until what, they made five more movies. But it, it's strong that they did that. It's just like I don't like Angus McFadden in the film. Um, no, the um, uh, he's the uh, the father who's grieving, and then he's in the trap. Um, I didn't really. I mean, I like Amanda in it, but I also like. I don't know. Like a lot of stuff feels like it's kind of like what we might be talking about later. Like they're trying to end it, or they're trying to like they're they're leaving enough wiggle room and stuff like that, so that when it gets to four, what I love about four is is that it builds upon that gutsy move to stop or to kill jigsaw and actually constructs a an interesting story behind it which essentially is the lead up to uh backstab academy which is where all these cops go to apparently um and then train to become a part of uh two-faced nelson uh uh department of uh corrections so you know like it's the the soap opera like trashiness of this series is what's kept me going and I still had fun with it regardless of which episode, which film in the series I liked the least. Uh 5 still still I still think 5 might be the weakest of them all though. I think so too. I think 6 it, is strong. Yeah, 6 is very strong cuz it's got good ideas even if they don't much like a Resident Evil movie, they don't like they don't always work but they but some of them do work. I think the gun trap is pretty impressive or pretty suspenseful. Yeah, so that's um, 6, right? Uh like it's the revolver going around and the yeah that's six yeah, yeah. they all yeah. blur together I haven't watched them in a while they all blur together um, for me now seven I still maintain I like half of that film um, yeah. I do not really like Boondock Saints guy Sean Patrick Flannery as you told me I don't like his um, his the idea behind him is interesting but like I just don't like his traps I don't like his thing and I think I think it's kind of shitty that his wife has to die in a furnace at the end because of his fuck ups. Like it seems kind of like uh, counterintuitive to Jigsaw, but you know whatever. Because like in, from what I can gather, that wife did nothing wrong. <laughs> like that that really kind <laughs> of felt it again. that felt. I remember very, the sequence. I don't remember the that events felt, leading to it though. Which kind of like brings to the point that like the Jigsaw, the problem in the Jigsaw movies, one of the biggest ones is that whatever message was laid into uh, the first one, um, like kind of like they kind of get away from it by the time you get to seven. Um, but seven still has, I still love the ending to the film with, uh, uh, Dr. Gordon. Yeah. I think, I think, I think he, we'll get to it later. Yeah, we will. We we will definitely. Um, I watched the first resident evil movie. Nice. So I'm on my, my, on my fun journey. The first one's pretty good. It's fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I don't think it's my favorite Paul W. Sanderson movie. Um, cause I, I mean, it's going to sound strange. I'm still partial to death race, but that's just... Are you supposed to have one. <laughs> I, think you, I think you can event horizons fun. So, yeah, you know, a lot of his movies, he's a serviceable director. Yeah. He, no, I think visually he's cool. Like, I think he has cool ideas. 
I think story-wise, his movies lack a lot. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I think visually he's a cool director. I think he keeps a movie moving really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, um, and I, I, I like... Do, I think stylistic he's good. Yeah, and I liked Mila Jovovich in this film. Um, now, granted, like, my experience with Mila Jovovich is very different from probably your guys's because I know her primarily from the movie Chaplin. <laughs> Um, and it's a very small role or uh, Fifth Element. And I'm not the biggest Fifth Element fan. So there we go. Um, but I like it. I'm going to keep going. Um, I've got like five of them and I've got to probably pick up the final chapter at some point to see how it all ends. But uh, so far, great start. Oh, I like hi, the- I'm Zach. I'm going to impress her with my deep cuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so. <laughs> it's like out of Cardigan Sorrow. Like. <laughs> I was watching Milo Jovovich and Chaplin. No, before. but I mean, it's it, it, the strange thing is like you're not wrong, but that's the sad reality. <laughs> I'm not saying it's cool at all. I'm actually after watching Resident Evil One, I'm convinced that I was in the wrong. So, um, She's but yeah, Chaplin. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, love that, Chaplin. That I, think good movie. I think it's fun. I mean, it's a little overly dramatic, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is amazing in it. But it's directed by the guy who spares no expense. So yeah, there right. we go. Um, so um, I watched a lot of SNL um, this week. Um, and um, I had – so I did not know what David S. Pumpkins was until this week. <laughs> and that sketch is absolutely hilarious. But not I, – I, I lo- so I showed my folks it last night. I showed them Haunted Elevator, um, and what I love is that they laughed in the same places that I laughed in it because it's it's set up like kind of like a good horror movie where there's a twist at the end, and it's set up like a good sketch where it's like it's playing on your expectations for it because it starts out weird. Like the first time Pumpkins appears on screen, I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I don't know why there are two like uh, skeleton dancers for him. I don't know why he's saying any questions. Like I I love how it builds itself up. I don't know how because ton- we're recording Saturday morning tonight. They're doing the animated special. I have no idea how they're going to stretch that out into thirty minutes. I'm curious. It's Tom Hanks. Yeah, oh, it's, that's true. But <laughs> but again, it's it's a it's a very strange character. I love more yeah. more than that. I do love the history behind that character with Bobby Moynihan going like it started off in a very weird place and it ended with Tom Hanks not wanting to do it up to the last minute. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's yeah, because Tom Hanks said he didn't get it either. Yeah, he didn't. And then, but now he loves it. So. Oh yeah, I mean. He's Tom Hanks. He can do anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the other, like, the sketches that, like, amongst the, the compilation of sketches that I watch, I love Bill Hader as Vincent Price doing his, like, silly holiday specials yeah. and, like, has different, like, celebrities come out. And I love the, uh, there's a, it's uh, John Hamm from Mad Men playing uh, uh, James Mason. And, like, he's just drunk off his ass. And he's just like, do you mind if I slip into something more comfortable? I can't feel anything below the feet. And I, I have a feeling that I piddled my pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Kristen Wiig plays um, – she plays Judy Garland uh, in two of them um, when she's all, like, fucked up on pills. Uh, she plays Gloria Swanson in one. And it's a great moment where she grabs a pumpkin because she thinks she's a pirate. And she goes, get off my pirate ship or the girl dies. <laughs> Um, and then uh, the best one, though, she plays Catherine Hepburn in the Christmas special, and uh, she fights a raccoon uh, that popped out of the Christmas tree she brought all the way from Connecticut. And uh, it, it's it's and she's like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go heal these wounds and throw away this dead animal. <laughs> um, it's fun, and I, I think Bill Hader. I'm surprised. I looked at his filmography of all the films he's done. They've never tried to cast him in anything period piece related. I, I think that would be right up his alley. So, um, 
And that's really all I watched this week. I'm not a big too, fan of Saturday Night Live. Uh, I love Saturday Night Live. He's probably too busy writing South Park episodes and that's true. It's touching probably, up everyone else's scripts. It's probably yeah. a pretty good job. Uh, the new stuff, I, I never could really get into it. I mean, there's always a few sketches that my wife watches it every week. I'm more of, and I grew up at the time where nobody likes Saturday Night Live, but I love the 90s with Farley and Sandler and Spade. Uh, but a lot of people think that's maybe the worst part for Saturday Night Live. But I think, too, it's when you kind of grew up. I don't know. Every season I ever watched, like, it's not like all, there's not there's not a show where all the sketches Oh, hit, yeah. They, you know? I mean, it's impossible for, I think, it to be. In any era. Like, it's just like. I, I, I think a lot of it. That much comedy. Depends on the host. Like, Tom Hanks is a great host. Um, I think Baldwin's a good host. Baldwin's a good host. But, Steve you know, when you get, sometimes you get people like Lindsay Lohan and stuff, and they're not good hosts, mm. or Miley Cyrus, and just like... Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I mean, I, I grew up in the Fallon and Faye era. Oh, yeah, no, I love that And those were too. good ones, but I also, at the same time, was watching a lot of the uh, first five seasons, and I love, I love Chevy Chase on that show, like, for the first season and a half that he's on it. And I love Bill Murray and um, Garrett Morris and uh, Lorraine Newman. Um, uh, Gilda Radner's funny as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like it, even when she's in movies and whatnot, she was a funny, funny lady. So, um, yeah, that's all I watched this week. Uh, I guess I'll just pick off the Saturday Night Live stuff. I watched Dirty Work for the first time in forever <laughs> on Blu-ray. Or? Yeah, it's like I, I knew it was on Blu-ray, but it was one of those Blu-rays that's really expensive for some reason. Because nobody wants my Dirty Work movie. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I always have on Amazon recommendations for you, mm-hmm. and then the Blu-ray was nine dollars a couple days ago, so I bought it. And then, uh, then I was just on Amazon recently, and now it's back up to twenty bucks. So I'm like, that's a lot. And there's only a trailer on it. That's a lot for a movie, and the transfer isn't that good. It's an Olive Films one, mm-hmm. um, but and it's Norm Macdonald plays this guy who gets back at people. He opens a revenge for hire business. Mm-hmm. It's really stupid, but there's some really like funny parts in it. It's Chris Farley's last movie, and there's a uh, he, he plays this one dude named Jimmy, and he's only in it a little bit. But you know, so Norm Macdonald's with Artie Lang, and they're sitting at a bar, and Norm Macdonald's girlfriend threw him out and says, "Man, my life is bad, but it could be a lot worse. I could have my nose bitten off by a Saigon whore." <laughs> and Farley's like at the end of the bar, and he slowly turns in the stool and is like, "You." and uh norman says we're just kidding jimmy we saw you down there all right and that's that's a scene that's all chris farley does until a little later in the movie um the movie's actually really funny norm mcdonald's a horrible actor and i think they knew that it's directed by bob saget and i think they knew so he's literally just saying what's happening and he's not that good as an actor but for some reason it endures it in the the pro the it, performance works. Yeah, it works in it. And I, I Don Rickles is in it and his scene's really great in it. Mm-hmm. Where he's uh uh he's talking to Artie Lang and he's like he, so he's this manager of the movie theater and he's uh Artie Lang is like, Oh, you got something to say, Tubby? Hmm? Hmm? I can actually I can actually hear you crying. <laughs> yeah, you crying. And, and I know it's really funny. It's like classic Don Rickles just belittling people. Um mm-hmm. He was a great man. Yeah. It's a shame we had to lose him this year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just like a really dorky movie, but I, I think it's really funny. One of my, so uh, Chevy Chase is in it mm-hmm. and so is Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler plays Satan in it. Mm-hmm. I think uncredited too. I, I don't remember him being credited. I, in I it. don't remember him in the credits, but I do remember him as Satan. Yeah. Cause <laughs> they eat these brownies that, um, so they're like non-fat synthetic brownies or something. And they're listing all these side effects and, they cut the next scene and Artie Lang's like, oh man, 
I think I have a small itch behind my ear. Nope, it's nothing. And it cuts to Norm MacDonald. He has all these hives. And he's like, <laughs> and he cuts to Adam Sandler as Satan. And he's just saying funny shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went through a weird kick in, uh, before I went to film school where I was into everything Norm MacDonald. Oh, no, he's awesome. And I, it's such a weird thing to like get into because his, his humor is so weird. It is. I When I saw him, I saw Adam Sandler at the Belco Theater. With uh, Norm Macdonald, David Spade, and Rob Schneider, and Tim Meadows. This is actually a really awesome show. And his stand-up was so funny. He's like, you uh, you, you think that they won't put the rope store and the stool store next to each other in case people want to, you know, like, kill themselves? <laughs> <laughs> what is he talking about? Did you ever watch his the Comedy Central roast of Bob Saget at all? Yeah. His, um, so I love Lovitz's and all those guys, but Saget's is the best because he does anti-humor. Mm-hmm. Where he's like... um. Uh, uh, like I, it, it's so weird. Like I'd have to post a link for you to see it again, but like it's it's clearly bad. But you just see that everyone around him is getting it, except for the audience, and yeah. it's like it's masterful. Yeah. I I think no, he's, he's really he's, funny. He's pretty great. Yeah. Um. So that movie's fun. I uh, I watched uh, Rawhead Rex, like we talked about, uh, Goofy Monster movie. Uh, I I'm up. I'm done with. I'm halfway through disc five on Porky Pig. So um, hopefully I'll finish that this week. I also got. Again, so me and my wife have been talking a long time is why we don't have an Amazon credit card because we buy so much stuff on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And so that's <laughs> so why I applied for one. And and when I got it, they gave me a $75 gift certificate to Amazon for getting approved. And so I bought uh, – there's a Chuck Jones Mouse Chronicles Blu-ray. And then I got the other Platinum Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. And the Mouse Chronicles, the first, the first disc is – just all sniffles i don't know if you know who sniffles is it's mm-hmm. like this cute i guess a cute mouse it was the tr- disney mouse that he tried to yeah. like put off on warner brothers for a little while yeah and it was really early so it's like 39 to 42 or something mm-hmm. and so in it sniffles is actually kind of funny but a little too cute it's very disney <laughs> and so as he goes throughout his journey he slowly starts getting a little more mischievous mm-hmm. uh, and then they just drop him for a hubie and birdie i think is his name is mm-hmm. that sound right mm-hmm. and those those mice are pretty funny mm-hmm. um so in that one it's full like looney tunes chuck jones mm-hmm. uh and then the blu-ray is awesome because it has those 19 shorts and then it has 11 like more they're standard definition but they're kind of cool on uh just to have them on there so it's 30 cartoons mm-hmm. uh, and it must be hard to find because it's also kind of expensive too on amazon mm. uh, so i watched that the mouse chronicles was really fun um and i what did i watch anything and oh i watched uh the first spider-man in 4k which is beautiful it's what's really cool about 4k is it's pretty much everything you've read about it it's just really a lot more it's brighter and the colors pop a lot more so Little things like on Spider-Man's costume, you can see like textures in the in the webbings and and stuff like that. And then on the Green Goblin, you can see actually where his helmet is supposed to be. Uh, for people who don't know who the Green Goblin's classic look, he has kind of like an elf stocking hat on. But when you watch it in 4K, you can actually see the purple make the stocking cap. And the little details in his costume are pretty great. And the special effects actually look better. Um because I, I don't know if it just makes it, it renders it more or has more line. I don't know how it works. Are you still watching it with the smooth motion on? No, I took it off yeah. because uh, James Gunn told you to. No, <laughs> because it looks weird sometimes. Because when I was watching the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two on your like Rocket the Raccoon looked better with the smooth motion on. Yeah, 
and when it's like normal 24 frames it was you know he, he could tell it was a cgi record yeah it's weird because i don't know if because that one was shot on film it works better so you can only get so much definition on the film because it just, it just doesn't exist i think mm-hmm. i think it was mastered end up mastered in 2k and then they upconverted it to 4k and then they upconverted it again to be ultra um and i mean it looks great and the first Spider-Man movie is amazing. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Um, I watched Spider-Man Homecoming <laughs> again. Uh, sorry, I forgot to bring it for you. No, it's um, okay. And Spider-Man Homecoming is still my favorite film of the year. Uh, just everything about it works. And yeah, so I watched those. And then the la- the last thing I'll, I watched is uh, the Meyerowitz stories, which is the new Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. Uh, Co-starring Ben, ben Stiller ben and Co- Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Ben Stiller and Dustin Hoffman are also in it. And... It's really, really great. Um, Adam Sandler is amazing in it. He plays a, a divorced dad, and his daughter is on her way to college. And Dustin Hoffman is his dad, and Ben Stiller is the younger brother, but he's like the like the golden child. Everything he does is really cool. Dustin Hoffman always showers him with a praise and affection, and Adam Sandler is just kind of the the loser guy because his wife worked and he's never really had a job, but. He cares about his daughter, and uh, it's really clever. It's one of those dramedies where it's really fast talking. It's uh, it's to me, it's a better version of a Woody Allen movie. Um, and there's uh, his daughter. It's so funny. So Adam Sandler's daughter goes off to like film school, and she sends him her first film, and uh, he's so he brings it up with his his dad's there and his his new wife. Uh, who played by Emma Thompson and she's great in it. And she, he opens it and it's her like naked and getting fucked and stuff. And he's like, wants to be supportive. And he's like, yeah, yeah, your film's really good, honey. And it's, he's like, maybe I'll just watch this when no one else is around. So she's like naked in it. And, and then the next one they watch is she's like fucking some like dude in a, like a Fox costume. And, and he talks about how great she is, but it's actually a really great movie. And Ben Stiller is great in it too. Um, and it takes place in chapters. So the first chapter is, uh, Adam Sandler and then it's uh, Ben Stiller and they all have to live up to this to Dustin Hoffman's characters like expectations, expectations of them yeah. and it, you should definitely check it out it's one of the best movies of the year um, it's really fun it's it goes by really fast uh, my wife even liked it so um, yeah check out the Merowitz stories new go. and selected I knew that Adam Sandler Netflix contract would pay off eventually eventually, <laughs> eventually. Um, so yeah that's why I watched this week Cool. What's playing at the Alamo this week? Oh, no, my phone. Oh, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, Halloween's playing on uh, Tuesday, October 31st, 7.30. Even I, Dead's playing on Tuesday, so Jason and I are going to go check that out for Halloween. Yeah, uh, me and Brad were at the Alamo this week and placed fourth in the Disney trivia. That's right. We oh, fucking yeah. crushed it. Yeah. I tried to get my shift switched. I couldn't do it. I know. It's it pretty great. You know, in that, uh, our team worked really well because, you know, with... Uh, Richard, he like knew some things that maybe someone didn't know. Dana knew stuff, and then, man, we just crushed it that last uh, round. Round like usually round eight's the hardest round of the quiz, and we everybody mean, pulled something two. from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we crushed that round. Um, but I don't know if you saw the the scores they posted, but like my math says seventy nine, mm. and they said seventy eight. Oh shit! So seventy nine was second and third place tied. So we might have been part of a three way tie. And they just jonesed us. Yeah. Mm. So, oh well, you I still w- did really well out of forty teams. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I still want you to obsess over that 
point scoring system for geeks who drink. Like, make it your lifelong exception. Like, yeah. your hair grows long. Like, I think Dana's got that covered. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I, I did. I want to thank Xfinity for sending me a two hundred dollar gift card so I could get my Mario uh, Switch. And that game's oh my god. Yeah, I've heard amazing things. So you know, it's one of those games where I I started playing it, and it's like I'm just gonna play it for a little bit because I had so much shit to do yesterday, and my wife was at work, and then we had to go meet uh, our friends for dinner. And then we went and saw Jigsaw. It's like, it was two and we're meeting them at five. I'm like, I'm just gonna play it for a little bit. And I looked down, it was like 420. It's like, fuck. <laughs> and it's pretty great. How far along were you in the game? Uh, is, it, is it like Mario 64 where you're like, you, you know, it's the same level and you do it like five times? You can. So in it, you have to power a, a airship and uh, you can take the airship to different worlds. So, as you progress through the game, you get more powers like Mario 64 and you can go back to the previous worlds to unlock more things. But it also is really strict on... So you have to get to the third world, which is, I think, sand something. And then you have... then that's only when you can go back to the first one. So you have to complete certain objectives to do it. Mm-hmm. The, the graphics are stunning. Uh, and it starts cool. It starts with Mario like losing his fight with Bowser. And the reason he gets Cappy, the hat that he can transform into stuff, is because Bowser throws his hat through the propellers on his airship, and it gets all torn up, and he falls to a Cap World or Cap something, and he has to. It gets possessed by this little talking hat, and um, and yeah, you throw it on anything, and you can turn into it. Like you can turn into chain chomps, a T Rex, frogs, a wall. Oh, um, no, not a wall yet. But it also has cool controls, like if you throw the hat and you move the sticks really fast it spins around him and um so it's the game's amazing so i'll probably get zelda too um i did end up getting i didn't want the download of the game but i really wanted the switch with it and i was like man what should i do and so i just got it with it because well i might uh i'm trying to figure out a word this they just might release red controllers like as an extra layer so they do have a wired one that's like a Mario controller. Yeah, but that's not a Nintendo. Official. Yeah, so so I didn't get it. Um, and I, mean, I was torn. I was sitting there, but like, like the, looking the, the, at the, it. The Splatoon ones they have like separate yeah. yellow and green ones. I know on they it. will yeah. eventually, but I'm like, whatever. I got a limited edition Switch, and yeah. and what I thought was cool too. I mean, obviously, it's the first time I unbox it. Like, it, you literally plug it in and play. Yeah, like it's pretty amazing. And I mean, obviously, I linked my Nintendo account. And I got all this free shit and. Um, yeah, yeah. The Switch is pretty sweet. How many gigs is Zelda? Um, I have twenty gigs left on my. I mean, I have the card, so mm. it doesn't save the actual game onto my Switch. So I don't know. It's probably like thirty. Is it? God, then I have to get an extension. Well, I don't know about thirty gigs. Maybe like thirty megs. I don't. Because I have I have twenty gigs left after I downloaded Mario. Yeah, but well, you can just get an SD card and transfer it off. And yeah, so I actually have a question though. So can can you download games when it's in sleep mode? Because I looked online and it there's like one said yes and the other said no and I can't find like the right answer. I don't know. I've never downloaded huh. a game for it. Because so. you can like on PlayStation, you put it in rest mode and it'll update and download stuff while you're it's sitting there. I think it does because like mine's never really off. Yeah, because there's no power off. It's just sleep, right? Well, you if you press the button and hold it down, you can turn it off. Okay. But if you just put it back in the in the in the stand, mm-hmm. like it'll just sit there in sleep mode. So I guess I haven't really fucked around with it. So how can you charge it when you don't have the stand around? Do you have to take the stand with you? Um, or is there like an adapter, like a game 
uh, like a 3DS adapter that you can plug in. Well, the stand, there's a cord that it wraps into the stand yeah. for the charging. Yeah. I think you just take it out of the stand to take it with you. Okay, cool. I was just curious because I'm like, man, if I go on vacation, I want to play Mario. Yeah, the stand, is it, it, it's just a plastic dock. Yeah. And you put all the components into it. Yeah, so I was thinking that you just probably just take the dock with you then. You could take the plastic part, but I think you just take the wire if you don't want to like hmm. have it sitting on something that like stands it up. That and I got a really sweet like Mario carrying case too. So nice, yeah. My Best Buy account has like four hundred like un- or pending points, mm-hmm. and waiting for them to all update so I get like forty bucks off of nice. Because yeah. the, the game's awesome, even so, though yeah. it deserves to be paid sixty. No, I mean for I get it. it. Yeah, fuck. I mean when I use the my Xfinity gift card, I still owe two hundred more dollars. Because I, you know, I really don't need them, but I get the strategy guy because I love the art in the games. Like I yeah. love Mario's art, and so I get them because I like the art, just like the Batman stuff. But yeah, I can't wait for you to play Zelda though. Like I'm sure Odyssey's great, but it, Zelda's just like a complete work of art. Yeah, the uh, Odyssey got ten out of ten on IGN, and nice. I can see why it's really fun. Yeah, so I'm excited, and it's funny. Like the bad guys in it aren't the Koopa Koop. So far, it's not the Kooplings or whatever they're called. It's like these rabbits, wedding planners that are, because uh, Bowser's going to marry uh, Princess Peach. And uh, it's like these. How did he convince her to do that? <laughs> well, he's he's using this special thing and she can't. It's like. <laughs> I, I, he's using it, He's using thing. like a special. <laughs> I forget. I, I'd have to go back and think about it. But basically, he's doing some spell where she's bound to him by like this ring basically it's like leprechaun 3 where he puts a, a thing around her neck and she's forced to marry him um and bowser looks great in it so yeah it's awesome i feel so behind i just got pong oh, and really um, you know i mean like i'm i can't know i can't make any head or tail of it P- man like P- pong's fun yeah <laughs> um have you played in new donk city yet no is that like a later level it has to be i'm like i think i'm in the fourth level now yeah but I also, I, I'm sure the same way. When I go into levels, I actually explore them. Yeah. Because I try to get everything in them the first time through, but then I found out you can't. But, um, so yeah, I, I run around a lot and try new things, try to get them to flip on stuff. And, um, it's pretty brilliant. Yeah. I really want them to, like, just, uh, take the worlds they created from, like, Mario World and mm-hmm. 3 and make this versions of that. Well, you, like you, New Donk City seems weird to me as like a Mario world. They do, but I heard it's pretty fun. Um, I'm interested to see. I mean, they have little eight bit levels in them, like so you go through a a pipe and you're like Super Mario, and there's Goombas and stuff. It's pretty cool. Nice. They're back to using pipes. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so when you go through the pipes, yeah, you turn into eight bit Mario, and the, the the worlds are only like I'd call it like one arcade screen, but still fun. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, that was my. Because why well, I didn't watch anything the last couple of days because I've been playing Mario, but uh, uh, we saw Jigsaw. Zach, should people go see Jigsaw? Um, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm <laughs> not all the pieces fit here. Um, boo. Yeah. <laughs> no. Boo. Um, Funny, uh, but boo. File it. <laughs> um, I uh, I wouldn't discourage anyone from going to see it. However, I've got issues with this film. Oh yeah. Um oh, and I don't think I'm the only one here. Um I will I will say though they there are certain things that this film does to correct problems I had with 6 and 7. Um in regards to Tobin Bell, but we'll talk about that after the trailer jump. Um, Let me spoil it. Yeah, I overall though like 
go to a matinee for it. Like, I have fun with it on Halloween, but after that, like, you know, I I would never discourage anyone from going to see like a slasher film or a, a horror franchise like of, of this because it is, is ultimately about having fun. But if you're like a dedicated fan, I think you're going to be about as frustrated as I was. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Maybe don't go. Maybe go, <laughs> Brad. Um, so this movie could easily have been titled Saw Eight. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not the glossy reboot that I thought it was from the trailers, which was nice. Um, but that means it's still like, an, it's cool that it's still an extension of the films. Like it's another story. It should just be another chapter, like I said. Um, and there's some cool ideas in there, but overall it's like more the same. So in that aspect, even though I was like, oh, I, I don't want to go see like a reboot of the Jigsaw series. At the same time, I'm like, I would have appreciated something newer out of this. Mm-hmm. So um, I think if you're a fan of the series, go see it. Because, again, it's it's like it's another it might as well just be a sequel. Um, but uh, if you're like not a fan of these movies, then the, you're the, getting more of the same and then you're not going to be impressed. So. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think if you're a fan, you should see it because I think it does add to the mythology of who uh, John Kramer is and it gives more backstory to it. But at the same time, I I said this when I saw the trailer, it's a little too clean for me for a Jigsaw uh, Saw movie. Mm. It looks too polished. When we get to spoilers, I'll say why that kind of bothers me too. And also, it seems like the writers took uh, CSI and inserted it into Jigsaw. So you have like the CSI moments and then you have the saw moments where, I mean, I don't know where they work, where they're able to get voice recognition in a couple hours, but also is this, how far in the future is this? Cause they have like laser knives. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's some inconsistencies there, but I mean, if you like the saw movies, it's fun. Um, and you know, I, I was already, we'll get to it when we get the spoilers, but there's parts in the film, like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense on what they're saying and how it's when you're watching the puzzle part and you're then you're watching the csi part and this doesn't really line up right it's incredibly convoluted yeah um so here's the trailer for jigsaw now the game's simple best ones are you want mercy play by the rules Any identification on the victim? Puzzle piece. But Jigsaw has been dead for 10 years. It's not him. Can't be. This was on the body. The truth will set you free. Help! fingernails of our victim it's john kramer's the jigsaw killer that's impossible (laughs) 
No, it's not creepy at all. When I say too clean, like there's no like grime to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoilers: one, two, three, four. So this takes place. This is before he does his first uh, thing with Doctor Gordon and that other dude, Adam. Adam. It takes place before that one. Hello, Adam. Well, <laughs> part of it. Yeah. Does. Well, no, the, that's his <laughs> the first main trap. Story, it, like the it, trap that he puts everybody in is before it, that. It is, but the edit. So, like, one of the things that this film does really well, and I'll give it really good credit for, is that. The way it's edited, it is it does manage to hold its secret pretty long. That what ha- what the trap is like the 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 maze quote unquote that everyone's going through um, is actually like taking place further in the past, whereas the CSI cop stuff from Douchebag Academy is happening in the present. Yeah, and that's where I was like, oh, this is the stuff we're seeing is way in the past because when they're explaining it, because even though you don't realize that it's ten years prior. The part where the dude's hanging by a bucket from the bridge, I'm like, wait a minute, if he just died, how well, can Well, that's he? not the guy who just died. Well, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but that's what they're pl- playing it as in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and and rightfully so, it's making you ask the questions of like what feels disjointed here, because the film feels disjointed, but the editing... Like, again, it's like a w- puzzle you're trying to put together. Yeah, and again, I will give the editing credit. Like It, it managed to hold that secret... That wasn't really too much of a big secret, but like it managed to hold it long enough to where it needed. Well, it was to hold long it. enough where they reveal uh, John Kramer, uh, the Jigsaw Killer, as alive. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, I knew he Not wasn't, really. yeah. but like, you know, it's like, oh, they're showing him walking around, and so this must have been a flashback. So, like, that's where I was like, oh, it's a flashback, okay. But then also, so then how does this all connect? <laughs> because it takes so long to get there. I'm just sitting there the whole movie, going like, how is this one dude like? have all this time to like set up all these traps and like put people places and then like like how how are they getting around so quickly it, yeah. it does boil down to the whole apprentice thing which started in two um yeah which, i mean he obviously has tons of acolytes because i mean <laughs> i mean he, i mean i don't know how many followers there are for jigsaw but I well mean, and like we were discuss we were discussing earlier what we've been watching so like the story that they have before we really spoil the biggest twist in it like so the twist at the end of seven is that Doctor Gordon, after he sawed his uh, leg off, he uh, became a, a follower of Jigsaw, and like basically in order to find out, like he he became a follower. I guess it, it, there wasn't even any ulterior motive, but it was very clear at the end of Saw Seven that this was kind of the end because they were bringing Elwes back. And when I didn't hear that Elwes would be in the film, like when I heard like there was like the cast listed had no mention of him, I'm like, okay, how are we going to do this then? Because Saw 7 made it very clear what the biggest reveal of all was um, in in my mind. And so like I give a lot of props to the writers of this film. They had to like come up with something in the the writer film liked one of my tweets. Oh, nice. Um, But they had to come up with something uh, remotely interesting in the absence of that twist from seven. Um, yeah, it. You know, it's the traps are meh. You know, it's. Uh, I I liked the last one. I thought it was clever. Uh, with uh, not the lasers, but well, the shotgun, the, the bloom and onion part, but like uh, <laughs> the shotgun because he yeah. gives you all the clues, and that's mm-hmm. what that's what I like about Saw is if you pay really close attention to everything he's saying. he says, the answers there. 
the key to that chain is yeah. in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, or you know, in this he says, you know, the, the key to your salvation is in here, and he pulls up the shotgun shell, and um, that one chick is a bitch, and it backfired. But you know, the one thing that always bothers me is like some of the dialogue is really bad. Okay, and um, you know, the, like with the cops, where he's like. Yeah, well, you know, it's an election year for the commissioner. Do commissioners get elected? I don't know. I don't. I mean, then one, I've never heard of an actual commissioner except in New York City. I guess they're in New York City. Um, but like, I know the one red herring bad cop guy was really obnoxious. His he was like master chew scenery, except in a bad way. It it just again like I I like the uh, previous ones because of the like. Despite the fact that they're all douchebag cops who stab each other in the back frequently, um, they're still like decent actors. Like Costas Mandalore is really like yeah, a solid and, actor. But, but see, the thing too is even with Carrie Elwes when he's when he's hamming it up, like he's good though. He works. He, he works it into yeah. a relatability. These guys were rough to watch. Um, like the 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 the, the medical is- examiner and then the. Jigsaw fangirl. I liked the idea of a jigsaw fan fanboy fangirl, whatever they wanted to do with it. Like, but isn't that like police evidence? Like, that's, locked away. That's, yeah. That was weird too. Like, how but, do you have a private collection like that? But again, they can maybe solve that problem in Jigsaw I mean, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, well, I mean, eventually you have. They probably won't release it in these cases, but you I mean they release that stuff eventually auctions. through the DA and auctions. Yeah, but I would doubt if for a serial killer and for someone that prolific. That they would ever release it to the public, and it might go to a museum, like the Unabombers. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not joking. The Unabombers, uh, like shed, is in a museum in D.C. I'm not. I'm not doubting that. It's just I love the idea of like. I, this makes me now want to know where the fuck do these people live? Yeah. <laughs> like, do they live in like Detroit or like fucking like something like? Something, yeah. It's got to be some kind of grimy city because we've seen in the past. But like, it's got to be like this kind of like duckburg like where yeah. it doesn't really exist and it's it's considered like we don't go there because that's where evil happens <laughs> yeah it's just like i know and some of the things i figured out where the the killings are happening like how did you figure it out and there's this weird editing choices it was because of something in the uh grain or like something that they found on yeah, the body I get the of grain part but like so she knows it's that one farm that's out in the middle of nowhere and well the city that they uh, live in only has one farm <laughs> it, it was that pig disease yeah oh. yeah that's, that's she figured it out no i get that part but she traced it back to that one farm <laughs> i don't know a lot of like loose loose like well, I guess the woman who has access to all the jigsaw traps can also have a lot of I guess so. to police information. I guess so. I mean this movie stretches further than I do in the morning when I get up. Like it it's very like yeah. or when he, you know, he took snippets of John Kramer speaking <sighs> and like put them in tapes. I mean, I don't know where he John Kramer's like he was also my nephew. Where does he get that audio from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then well but then it is revealed that he uh well, so can we get into that spoiler now? Well, I mean, I'm already talking so about all the, the medical examiner is one of John Kramer's first followers. And the re- reason he works with John is he was put in the initial trap that we see at the beginning, which you then reveal is actually recreated in a different fashion to get the other bodies. But long story short, his, his, he was, he ineptly and stupidly 
mixed up John Kramer's X-ray results with someone else's X-ray results. No, and I get so that, therefore, where does he get his like dialogue where he's saying those words? Though I know he's editing them like Brad edits, mm-hmm. but like it's very specific in what he's saying about the. Maybe he said it for a tape that didn't like make the cut. You know, like you know how Prince has all those songs that he never released that he recorded in his bathroom. Okay, so the Kramer tapes. <laughs> yeah, so the, so medical examiner dude is sitting down. And it's like these are my confessions. <laughs> I wonder if it's. Uh... Whatever tape that got him, like, this part of his trap, he just cut up. I I guess, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, he says his nephew died after (laughs) the brakes didn't work on his motorcycle. I don't know where he got that dialogue from, but... The Kramer family is full of bad Yeah, I guess, yeah, (laughs) for, like, the four people that are stuck in the movie, yeah, Mm -hmm. he had to, like, cut up a lot of John Kramer dialogue to make four different tapes. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it's... There's a lot of convenience too. Like that yeah. one guy has to step. Like he has to know that that one alpha dude's gonna try to go through the no exit, yeah. and then he has to like build the floor. So, like if if someone else had accidentally walked over there and like stepped through the board, like you know, like the girl would have her leg stuck in the trap, and then the tape goes off and it like yeah. doesn't apply to her. And like I said, the last trap is the only like jigsaw trap. Where I'm like, oh yeah, that's like a saw trap where yeah, you know. You have a way out, but you fucked it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I guess that makes sense. I guess Kramer did do those recordings because that one took place 10 years in the past mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All so, those scenes are... Yeah. The, the only new stuff is... The one that they found in his neck. That dude's neck. Yeah. So I guess, I guess he was able to do it. I mean, if he had enough tapes, I mean, he killed 38 people before he died, so I guess he could do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean... I remembered wrong. It's it's all convoluted. Like I mean, like I'm I, I mean I'm going for the ridiculousness of it at this point because we've we've moved way past the initial first saw, which was a clever little take on the thriller genre, and now it's it has become wholly ridiculous, but not. I'd say even more ridiculous than I Jason movies because at least Jason movies <laughs> we know. Stuff. Like that, they're not taking themselves as seriously as possible. Saw Saw has a problem with taking itself too seriously. I think sometimes. Yeah. And um, I mean, they tried to inject humor in it, but the dude wasn't funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's not creepy. Oh, that was a terrible moment. Not funny. They should have cut that the moment that trailer came out. They should have said, "Oh, we should cut this because we're not dumb." <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but I was gonna say though, I do love that Tobin Bell. So like in six and seven, he's relegated to one scene on screen, and then everything else is just his voice recordings. I liked that in this film, regardless of it being a flashback or whatever, we got a really good scene with Tobin Bell giving the shot, doing the shotgun moment. Yeah. I think I think Tobin Bell is like the reason to go to these movies oh, yeah, at this point. Um, and like the, sadly, the fact that they I don't know where Dougie is. Um, I don't know. Um, I, it sucks that they killed him off in three because it does limit the options we have to work with work with Tobin Bell on these films. Um, and again, it's a shame because he is the draw and he's the reason you want to watch these films nowadays. Um, uh, except for me, like, like I said, I like watching the, the, uh, assholes at douchebag precinct. So, you know, like it, 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 it worked at the end of the day, but I thought this twist, like making it another apprentice, like I thought the fangirl probably should have been like the, the, the one behind it. Um, you know, like, or maybe or like somebody, but like having it be another, like, and, and for like, I, the line that bothered me the most was probably when, um, when he's describing why he's an apprentice of Jigsaw, 
he says like, but he but he let me go because he realized it wasn't really my fault. I'm like, so this makes Jigsaw seem very petty and like it, given to bursts of anger the same way I am when somebody like would cut me off on the road when I did drive. Like, you know where I'm like, oh God, I'm going to put them in a trap. And I'm like, because he cut me off. Like, the guy like made a mistake in like in his first you year of residency. Like nothing and, matters. <laughs> and then you didn't use your blinker on. I twenty five. I like now. I, choose left or right. See, <laughs> see. I would love to see Petty Jigsaw at this point because that's what we closely got in this film. Um, but it doesn't matter because then they get together again and they make a trap together like a father and son. That was a weird moment too. Did <laughs> he put his hand on his shoulder? And it's yeah, like, and he no, says, no. You make it this way. We're gonna put this on some drug riddled lady <laughs> named Amanda. You know, it's. It was the weirdest Father's Day movie I've ever seen in my life, but you Not know, mine. it's called Father's Day. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. Forgot there is another movie of that nature, but yeah, I mean, I haven't. I mean, we're recording early enough where we don't know how this did at the box office just yet. Um, but it was tracking twenty million. 20 million. I don't know. If, that's I think a five million budget. I think they're fine. There are ten million. Well, yeah, but but how good it does will depend. Like, will we get another one, or is this the end? Most horror film franchises have a, two cards to play. They have the reboot card and they have the remake or where do we want to go from here card. And they've played their reboot card. And I think that they didn't really take full advantage of playing that card because they just made another Saw sequel but re refurbished it, mm. I guess. So, you know. Cool. Uh, yep. Mm. Uh, James, you missed out. I mean, you got to see a blooming onion head. Uh <laughs> Yep. So, oh, the CGI bothered me in this film too. I too there much wasn't CGI. Really a lot of it. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. So just, yeah, that one guy looked like the in the grain silo. I could see lines of those like those instruments falling well, down yeah. and whatnot. I mean, they're gonna drop real ones. Yeah. <laughs> I forgive stuff like that. I thought the no, not me. Good. I want I want to see them like go in, go big or go home. Yeah, that guys. one. <laughs> uh, the first corpse with like the hat, like the diagonal yeah, sliced awesome. head it was pretty sweet. Mm. Um, the guy who get like gets into the cyclone and then yeah. he's like a. The mannequin bl- the blender boy <laughs> yeah, yeah that's pretty cool yeah. so the gore is pretty sweet yeah but yeah it's, it's just it's like another entry in the yeah. Saw series. i mean i'll get it because i want to complete my collection but yeah yeah I just, it bothers me like why do they call it jigsaw it just make it saw eight yeah I, it's branding and it's, yeah, it's, it's trying branding. not to isolate the audience um I, I I do like that this. I mean, hopefully this means they'll release a better Blu-ray set when this comes out on I know. Blu-ray. So, so. I know. I was looking on Amazon. You can get stuff from their warehouse. Like every Saw movie's three bucks used from their warehouse, which so would be twenty like six bucks. For, wow. For all seven of them. Nice. I mean, that one set I think you already have is like usually nine it's, bucks it's, for all yeah. of them. But they have the, no special. They features. have no special features. I mean, it's all the unrated cuts, but no special features at all. Yeah. But I do like I like the cover too because I love, I think the Billy doll is really iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, next week on Real Nerds we're seeing uh, Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. So we'll be going to the cosmics of the Marvel universe mm-hmm. with Thor and Hulk. Yep. Valkyrie yep. looks like a real piece of shit. <laughs> Until next <laughs> week. Fuck. Bye. Real Nerds Podcast is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. The Real Nerds would like to thank the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now open in Sloan's Lake. We also would like to thank Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, especially Andrew. Our music has been brought to you by Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios. And of course, thanks to James's mother, our most loyal listener. Have a nice day. Real Nerds Podcast is a partner of Denver Podcast Network. 
in the shadow of the mountain, we speak. speak.